You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hey guys, I'm Katherine Griffiths. And I'm Stefania Romeo, and you're listening to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. Catherine and I created this podcast with the belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher and that we can learn from the people that inspire us and are doing incredible things. We're sharing conversations with practitioners in the space of holistic health, wellness, and healing, and those with inspiring stories from entrepreneurs to dreamers doing really cool things. Today, we're excited to bring you a conversation with one of the practitioners that has truly enlightened us lately. Her name is Stephanie Cato, and she's a holistic healer who specializes in metaphysical cleansing, which is essentially looking at both the mental and emotional as well as the physical when we look to cleanse and rebalance. She's the founder and lead practitioner of Iwasu, which is a healing center inspired by the Japanese approach to healing. She works with the lymphatic system doing things like lymphatic drainage and colonics, which is something that we had a lot of questions about and we get to all of them in this conversation. Yeah, and she believes the foundation to all permanent healing is self-love, self-compassion, and self-acceptance. And we talk about where that shows up in this conversation. We talk about her method specifically of colon hydrotherapy as well as lymphatic drainage and about the types of emotions that are stored in the body, where different types of emotions are stored, and how these methods can be great for starting the clearing process. So in the conversation, we talk a lot about how mental and emotional distress, worries, things that are going on in our minds or emotional state show up in our physical bodies. One of the things she talks about is how women in particular experience bloating or blocked lymph nodes when certain emotional things are going on. And we'll get into that. But Kat, I thought it could be interesting to talk about now. Have you ever had something you were going through emotionally or that was more mental health related show up physically in your physical body? Yeah, definitely. I think with bloating, whenever I'm really stressed or anxious, I find that I bloat a lot more. And it's like my like my digestion is just not working properly because I feel I'm feeling so constrained so much constraint in my body and my digestion system just completely stops and then I end up bloating. Yeah. For me, it definitely is kind of like tightness and anxiety for me when I'm really stressed out. I get indigestion. I actually suffered from acid reflux for a long time. I used to be on medication for it until I learned how to treat it naturally. But that was definitely something that I learned. Like my whole chest and body was so tense and anxious and constricted that the energy was kind of going upwards. And I would have that in my like upper GI 
Mm-hmm. It was very related to how I was feeling and my stress state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that I've done more research and learned more about how much the body and mind are connected, I can really pinpoint when I am stressed, anxious, or triggered, where that is showing up in my body and just focus on it and breathe through it and allow it to clear. And she actually does an exercise with us about how to clear that emotion from your body or that constriction, which I find really helpful now, just bringing awareness to it and breathing through it Yeah, versus what I used to do before. So I don't know if I told you this, but after this conversation with Stephanie, I booked my very first colonic (laughs) with her. So I'm going to go on Saturday and I'm going to do my first lymphatic drainage and clonic treatment with her. So I will report back if anyone's interested. I feel like this is something that started becoming popular in the wellness scene, like in the late nineties. And it was kind of viewed as this new alternative thing, but now has become more normalized. And I'm just curious about it. So I'm going to try it out. Yes. You have to let me know how it is. I want to try it too. I'm very intrigued. And also this conversation really made me want to try it. And it makes a lot of sense, like just clearing everything out physically. And she shares stories about how that really helps mentally as well, because it's all connected. So it made me want to try it. So you'll have to let me know how it is. Yeah. So we're recording this intro a couple of days before the podcast is going to air. And so by the time this airs, I will have already had my treatment. And so if anyone is curious or wants to reach out, just reach out to me on the Vera Instagram at Vera Life, DM us, and I will let you know all about my experience and answer any questions. Great. Shall we get into the conversation? Yes. So in this conversation, we talked to Stephanie about what colon hydrotherapy and lymphatic drainage are, why they are used, and how it can benefit us. The mental and physical, how it's all connected, what pain in different parts of your body could mean emotionally, the most common things Stephanie is seeing coming up in her practice. And like you said, she shares a simple practice that we can all do at home to ground ourselves and relieve stress and anxiety. So we do this live in the conversation and you can follow along with us and then do it on your own time as well. And we talk about so much more. This was a conversation that was rooted in physical and emotional healing and well-being, but then we get into some of the bigger themes and big questions that we have right now, especially how a lot of what's happening right now in the world and all the stress is affecting women in particular, what women specifically are dealing with and overcoming right now. And I loved that part of the conversation. All right, let's get into it. So Stephanie, thank you so much for being here with us. Very excited about this conversation. I'm also excited to come in and see you and do a session. I was looking at your questionnaire ahead of time and starting to fill it out. I want to get right into it. I know that at the core of a lot of your work is colonic therapy, and I've never done it. And I've always been really curious about it. I've also heard lots of different things about it. Like, should we do it? Should we not do it? Why is it good for us? Can we start there? Can you tell us a little bit about what is the therapy? How does it work? What is the impact it can have on our bodies? Absolutely. Uh, First of all, thank you so much for having me on. Colon hydrotherapy is a gentle cleansing of the large intestine using purified water. Should we do it? That's really a very personal thing. 
You know, I think that it's a very healthy thing to do. Uh, For me, it's a healthy part of a lifestyle where if you think about the way that we live, we wash our clothes, we wash our skin, the outsides of our body, we wash our cars, but we don't clean the internal part of our body, really the dirtiest part of our body. So it just makes sense that we clean that out so that our blood is clean, that our organs are cleaner. Everything is just functioning at a higher level. You know, I have a lot of clients that say the benefits for them, they tend to be more relaxed. They sleep better. Their bowels move much more easily. Uh, They don't have the gas and the bloating. They're able to digest their food a lot better. So they definitely can attest to many benefits of colon hydrotherapy. Uh, Did you want me to go into what it is, actually? Yeah, because I think that what would be helpful, even for me, is understanding kind of science behind like what's happening when we clean our colon, what's happening in our body to make it potentially, you know, not as clean or holding on to things more than it should be. I think it is very interesting for me. Okay. Well, first of all, colon hydrotherapy, what we do is we introduce purified water into the body uh, via the rectum and then the colon. And the body is going to start to feel like it needs to have a bowel movement. That's normal because we're increasing the internal pressure of the body. That pressure will start to increase. And then when the person feels the need to release, depending on what system they're using on a closed system, they would let the therapist know on an open system, they would just bear down. It's just a different style, each of these. And, you know, if you can imagine, we're human beings, right? So we don't always eat perfectly or we don't always get in enough water and hydration. Add to that, you know, a lot of our food, it's really not grown in the best soil. So our cells may not necessarily be as mineralized as they could be. Then you bring in emotions and that people don't necessarily always feel comfortable feeling their emotions and or acknowledging them or validating them within themselves. So what happens is they end up holding it in certain parts of their body. And one of the most vulnerable places is the colon. So if you can imagine if we have stress, if I were to ask you both, does stress energetically feel contracted or does it feel expansive? What would you say? Contracted. 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 Exactly. So Mm -hmm. it's all about making sure that you have flow, right? In order to have good bowel movements, everything needs to be flowing. But if you've got the energy of contraction because you're stressed, your body is going to follow suit. So Uh, Mm -hmm. Colon hydrotherapy, it's water in and water out. It's just gently bathing the colon so that any waste material that might be stuck in the colon has an opportunity to release. And there are people that, you know, for whatever reason, they need to be on medication or if they're just in kind of a constant state of stress, their body is just going to kind of be holding on. Or if they don't feel safe emotionally, you know, a lot of people I don't think feel very safe right now in the world. And so I am seeing a lot more digestive issues with people. And this is just a good way for their body to be able to let go of the excess waste. That's important because the colon, one of its main jobs is to be able to reabsorb water and minerals and vitamins and then get that to the body. But if it's not a particularly clean environment in your colon, it's going to be absorbing toxins. And, you know, it can cross the barrier and actually get into the the bloodstream. And so that's where we can tend to see illness and dysfunction begin. Mm -hmm. What are those physical symptoms where somebody, where this type of treatment might really work for someone? And what are the signs that 
something is off? Well, for sure, any kind of digestive issue. And that could be anything from, you know, GERD, right? The acid reflux, bloating, Mm -hmm. gas constipation. One good thing to do is when you have a bowel movement, look and see what you're releasing. If you're not digesting your food properly, you know, that might be a sign. Some people do have parasites or candida that actually does show up with a lot of bloat and gas or maybe either constipation and diarrhea alternating. That could also be IBS. It's a way for people to be able to access what's going on with their body and start to calm it down, start to relax some of that stress Mm -hmm. that the body's holding. And so a lot of my clients have mentioned to me that by getting colon hydrotherapy, they have this sense of well-being and calm. And it might not seem like it if you think about, you know, a tube entering the rectum and then, you know, introducing water in. But it is surprisingly relaxing, especially the way that I do it because I use very gentle water and I do a lot of massage therapy in the session, a lot of essential oils and, of course, the metaphysical aspect of it with what I do. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to get into the metaphysical mm-hmm. as well, but I think that it makes a lot of sense that a therapy like this would be necessary or really useful because I just think, you know, I think a lot about like the food that we eat and that many people eat that's packed with pesticides and hormones and heavy metals and all of these things that, you know, at the onset of our humanity were not things we had to worry about. And so right. I always think about that as a counter whenever anyone is kind of saying that, oh, well, doesn't the body do that on its own, not just with this, but with so many different things. But it's like, yeah, but we weren't always putting all of this poison into our bodies. Yes, absolutely. And the way that the food gets manipulated, you know, the weed is very different today than it was when I was a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's Mm -hmm. why we see a lot of gluten sensitivity and, you know, that type of thing, a lot of food allergies and whatnot. So you're absolutely right about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know that you also do lymphatic work. So do you do that alongside the colon therapy? How does that work more broadly in the work that you do? Sure. So I, I do something called bioelectric lymphatic drainage massage. I start with a photon wand, which uses light and ozone to help break up congestion. And then I come in with a manual lymph to move it. Um, it's very, very relaxing. Most of my clients go to sleep. So I have two options. You could either get a full lymphatic drainage and then a full colonic for a two-hour session, which is what most of my clients do. Or if they don't have a lot of time, then we'll just do the wand added on at the same time as the colonic. And that can really help the body to release a lot easier. Um, Our lymphatic system is part of our circulatory system and not something that is really talked about very much. But it is so vital that we move our lymph. And like you were saying before, how we were intended back in the old days, you know, we were running around and catching our food or really working the soil. We don't really do that anymore. And so our lymphatic systems have taken a hit. Emotionally, the lymphatic system is about balance because it balances the fluid in our body. But let's say we are out of balance within our lives, right? Well, we're, we have so much stress just trying to like keep up with life, you know, especially people that have really busy work schedules and then they have family schedules and and it's a lot to balance. So you start to see that bloating and that holding in different areas of the body, specifically in the areas where you have the superficial nodes in the neck, in the armpits and in the groin area. And that's where the body is talking to us and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm doing too much. You know, we do Mm. need to move our lymph superficially with deep breathing and dry skin brushing. 
and muscularly with deep breathing and some type of cellular exercise. I found that rebounding on a mini trampoline is actually the best way to do it. And it's a lot of fun. But sometimes people, Mm -hmm. they need that jump start or they just need, you know, they want to come in and they want to be able to receive. And that's part of the balance too. Especially these days, people aren't getting enough of that kind of loving care because there's so much stress going on and the body has really taken the hit. So that's why it can be really helpful Mm. for people to be able to just take a service like this and be able to receive and relax and be stressed. Yeah. And what do you do after both of those treatments? Is it something that you would go, like how often would you go and how would you manage it with food after that and, you know, exercise and lifestyle to make sure that you're you kind of stay in that clean zone, for lack of better words. That's a really great question. (laughs) So as a holistic practitioner, I do look at the whole person. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons why my questionnaire is so extensive. Number one, I want to make sure that everything that I'm offering is safe for the person. So I need to rule out contraindications. But aside from that, I really do look at how is this person living? What are they eating? Are they hydrating? Are they moving their body? Typically after a session, if you can, it would be best to be able to have some time for yourself to just rest because colon hydrotherapy, bioelectric lymphatic drainage and cranial sacral therapy, which is also something that I offer, it's like a big exhale for the body. So I wouldn't necessarily want people to leave me and then like go back to work or have to go, you know, go back into the stress mode. As far as Mm -hmm. food goes with a colonic, it's really important that you're eating foods that your body can metabolize well, that digest well. You want to avoid maybe like raw foods, like salads, because that could be a little harsh on the body and create more gas. Definitely avoid beans and nuts and seeds and legumes because that could also create a lot of gas. You just really want to baby your system after a session. With Mm -hmm. lymphatic drainage, really, really want to make sure you're hydrating, both with that and with colon hydrotherapy. I have told some people after I live that, drink a water. And they don't, and they end up not feeling very well because it's all about flushing that out. You know, it's not like it's just going to happen when you're with me. The body's going to continue to release after you leave. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so as far as, I mean, if you feel like exercising after a session with me, no problem. It might be more like stretching Mm -hmm. or, you know, gentle yoga or something like that, taking a walk on the beach. That would be lovely. Mm -hmm. But whatever the body feels like, as far as how often that's really an individual thing, And I do Mm -hmm. teach people how to work with the wisdom of their body. So everything that we need is within us. And it's a matter of asking our body, you know, when would you like to come back? What does it feel like? I teach people how Mm -hmm. to muscle test themselves using a pendulating type of method. And that seems to work really well. So that's really what I do is I ask the person to go within and ask their body what would be best. If somebody's doing a cleanse, like a water or a juice fast, they're going to want to come in more often because usually with that, they're not eating foods that are heavy enough to produce bowel movements. And if you're not moving your bowels on right. a cleanse, you're not cleansing. So that's going to be important. Mm-hmm. Or if you know we're, we're working on something really emotional for that person or there's a deep metaphysical healing, they may want to come in a little bit more often just to make sure that everything is moving energetically, physically, mentally, emotionally. Mm-hmm. But it's very... Mm-hmm individual. Mm. What are some of the notable transformations that you've seen someone or some cases where people were struggling with big health or emotional issues and really transformed from this work? Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot. 
You know, what I tend to do and, and where my forte is, is that if somebody's coming in with a physical issue, I can really understand where the origin of it comes from pretty quickly so that we're able to go. So if somebody is really, you know, open and ready for the work, they can shift very quickly. I do believe we can shift consciousness very quickly. It's not one of these long drawn out things. It's really a decision. It's really a choice within ourselves. I would have to say the biggest transformations that happen on my table, though, is when people start to access and work with, reparent, and heal their inner children. And that's the vulnerable part of us that really survived our childhood, that as adults, sometimes we forget are still there, but are often making the choices in our life because they're wanting to heal what was unresolved in the past. So that could be in our relationships with love, friendships, work. It's very common to see where people are trying to work out their unresolved childhood issues through present relationships. And what I do while they're actually taking, you know, having a colonic is I'll talk to the, that little vulnerable part and I'll validate and I'll nurture and I'll teach the person how to give that little part of them what they didn't get growing up and their body just opens up and starts releasing like crazy. And that's the wisdom of the body. And that's what lets us know, yeah, this little vulnerable part is very much alive and really needs to be validated and heard. I mean, we can see that a lot with social media, especially Twitter, where people have a need to be heard. And that's a lot of times where it's coming from. Mm, wow. I love that. I love how, like, just how connected the mind and the body are. And focusing on one part really helps to release the other. Are there any practices that you do or that you recommend your patients can do at home to just kind of expand on that experience of connecting with your inner child or even just releasing body tension and stress and anxiety, things like that? Yes, absolutely. So specifically for the inner child work, I do have a free ebook on my other website that people can go ahead and download. And I do encourage them to do so. One of the reasons that I wrote it is because, you know, I only have a limited amount of time with somebody. And the most meaningful thing for somebody is when they can get those aha moments for themselves. So I wrote it in a way where they can learn how to access that part of themselves and then certain exercises to learn how to reparent. Then they can come in and continue to do that work with me. You know, really, as far as de-stressing, I tell people, to whatever your joy is, you know, to make sure that you're doing something that feels joyful every day. I think one of the hardest things for people, sometimes if they're, you know, maybe perfectionist or they're very goal oriented or they grew up with a lot of guilt, it's hard for them to just relax and just be and let that be okay, you know? And that is one of the most beautiful things about the pandemic and quarantine is people got a chance to be home and realize, oh, wow, this is what it's like to just kind of be and relax. And so that's nice. You know, if it feels good to take a walk after dinner, you know, do that. And even just everyday things that might seem like kind of a drag, like doing dishes. You know, if you did dishes with your partner or your kids, it's a great time to be able to catch up on the day and really connect and bond. You know, I like to watch comedies. Laughter is one of the greatest things to help release stress. But really, whatever brings you joy, I think, is the biggest stress reliever possible. Definitely exercise is a huge part of it. 
And again, you know, I personally don't quite care for spinning. It just feels like exercise to me, you know, so I probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't be doing that. But I do like a rebounding or my martial arts or Pilates or yoga, that type of thing feels really fun. So whatever you enjoy, I would say just do more of that. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) It's so fascinating to think about how much of our emotions contribute to our physical health. And I think the examples that you've given in terms of holding on and being constricted and then relating it to the inner child and your emotional experience are just so illustrative of that. And I think a good reminder that your physical health challenges in some way are are probably linked to something emotional as well, which feels like it's at the core of your work. Yes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So Really what I do with the metaphysical work is I ask somebody, you know, let's look at the unresolved or leftover issues emotionally. Are there belief systems that have been in place for a long time that may have served you at one point, but actually no longer does? You know, are you willing to explore spirituality? Because that's all about being able to trust yourself or a higher source, if that's something that, you know, resonates. And even if somebody is atheist, you know, that's okay. We all have a higher self within each of us that is very wise, that can guide us. It doesn't get into the day-to-day minutia and drama of life that we can connect to. We're always being guided. And I think that one of the most important things that people would benefit from knowing, especially now, is that we're not alone. We're never alone energetically, we are connected to each other and we can tap into the beauty and the love of that at any time. Uh, But the most important thing is to be able to tap into that, tap into your own heart. And really Mm -hmm. at the base of my work, it's teaching people how to love themselves with knowing that they are worthy simply because they exist, not because there's anything they have to do to, you know, gain the worth around that to be able to offer themselves mm-hmm. self-compassion and most importantly, self-forgiveness because we're so mm-hmm. hard on ourselves. All of these things, if you think about if we're running around not feeling worthy, if we're really hard on ourselves, if we're not compassionate, if we're punishing ourselves, if we're carrying guilt and shame and resentment and anger and rage, we have all that in us. You know, How can we be healthy? How can we be joyful? And a lot of times mm-hmm. we've been taught that it's out there. We have to be able to look for it outside of ourselves, but it really doesn't exist out there. It's within us. That's why things like meditation feel so good because we're tapping into the truth of who we are and who that is, is love. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so interesting because when we're babies, we're just loved. It's just unconditional love and there's nothing that a baby can do wrong. But then as we grow up, we put all of these parameters on ourselves from picking it up from society. And then you have to like pretty much go back to, okay, well, how do I actually love myself and how do I get back to that? So, I mean, what is your perspective on why we have gotten this way where we have to learn how to love ourselves? Well... Honestly, it comes from mostly from our childhood because remember, we were raised by imperfect people that were raised by imperfect people and it just kind of goes down. I truly believe that people do the best that they can and that might be hard for some people to accept if they were 
you know, really abused, if they grew up in a very harsh and painful and awful environment. And I understand that. And I have a lot of empathy for that. But my point is, is that a parent can only love their child as much as they love themselves. So somebody grew up with a parent that was not particularly healthy, that was very abusive or mean, they're showing the child how much self-loathing they have within themselves. And that's why the key to healing our own inner child is so important because we can't control another person's behavior or opinions, right? There's nothing we can do about that. What we can do though, is give that to ourselves because we are literally the only person on the planet that knows exactly what we needed when we grew up. We know the words we wanted to hear. We know the affection that we needed. We know all of it and we can give that to ourselves. If we keep waiting for somebody else to give that to us, you know, that's that whole putting your eggs of happiness in one basket. You're handing it over to somebody that may not have the capacity or the ability to be able to love you in the way that you need. Mm, Yeah. When you talked about self-forgiveness, that one really hit home a lot for me because I think it's something that like I have struggled with. And also I think many of us do because we're so hard on ourselves and we have such high standards for ourselves, which can make us very driven and ambitious and can serve us in a lot of ways, but then can be detrimental in others. I know at the beginning of the conversation, you talked about people, especially right now, not feeling so safe. And I wonder if you can elaborate a little bit more on what you're seeing in terms of that part of it with people, especially right now, feeling safe, feeling okay? You know, I think there's been a shift just within this last month where people are starting to feel a little bit better just because of what is transpiring right now in the world. But yeah, you know, it was rough, a lot of fear, so much fear. That was the main thing that was happening with people. But, you know, that's not to say that some people still don't have the fear. Of course they do and they would. But for me, that's why having a connection to my spiritual practice brings me the peace and the joy that I can't maybe get out there. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. it's a way for me to be able to tap into peace and calm and joy within. And that's, that is accessible to all of us, but we do need to allow our minds to let that be part of our lifestyle. Let that be part and, and to really work with your mind. Cause sometimes your mind, you know, there's, I'm sure you guys have heard of the the little mind or the little ego. You know, that's a part of us that wants to keep us controlled and it's not really helpful. So when you notice your mind is starting to kind of keep you in that fear or the worry or the anxiety, you know, sometimes we have to just say, look, you can come along, but you don't get to leave and really work with our Mm -hmm. mind that way. You know, it is very important. And there's something interesting that you had said about how we're so hard on ourselves. So I don't mean this in a sexist way. It's just more of an observation. I do notice that women do tend to carry that a lot more. They do tend to be really hard on themselves and blame themselves and be self-critical. And that's not their fault. You know, part of it is the way that we were programmed as women for a long Mm -hmm. time (laughs) Mm -hmm. to fit in, to be able to, you know, serve in certain ways, but also so that we buy certain products. And so... You know, that's something that's really important for women to remind themselves about too. If they notice that they're going down that beating themselves up path, which is very important to pay attention to because I think that that really feeds into autoimmune. 
to remind themselves that, you know what, this isn't your fault. It's okay. You know, we're going to find a way to be able to heal this so that you can start to release that and start to love yourself and and give yourself a break. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think about this so much, especially in the context of work and career with women, because for so many generations, women had it. I mean, we still make less on the dollar than men, are in less leadership positions than men, don't have as many seats at the table as a man. And so in many ways, I think we've been conditioned that if you want to be successful as a man, then you need to act like a man. Or if you want to have that seat at the table or if, and if you want to make as much money, then you need to try really, really hard. Like you need to go above and beyond and, yeah. you know, and it puts so much pressure. And I think that like, there's been these like inflection points and we're, we still have more work to do in terms of women's representation, diversity representation. But I think about that all the time. And I think that that does play a role in this pressure we're putting on ourselves and the the self-forgiveness stuff. I wonder if you've seen that in your practice. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. That one specifically with the lymphatic system. You know, I'll find women that are holding so much congestion in the right part of their body with the axillaries because this tends to be, I don't necessarily, you know, I had a Vedic astrologer that he had said, I find it sexist to call this side feminine, this side masculine. And I, I really like that. And so I try to be very mindful of that when I'm talking about it. So this to me is the proactive side. This is the receptive side, right? So if I start to see a lot of congestion here, oftentimes it's with women that are doing too much and the balance isn't there. If the congestion is here, they're not allowing them to receive. Whether it's vulnerability, asking for help, Right. And that's really important too, because one thing I did notice, and this is not a judgment in any way, it's simply an observation. But a lot of times women that develop breast cancer tend to not be able to nurture themselves as much. Because if you think about the breast, it's really about nurturing the babies, right? With the milk. And so that's self-nurturing for us. And when we are not vulnerable, when we can't ask for help, when we have to do it ourselves, Sometimes the body can go to dysfunction illness as a way to say, hey, maybe it's time for you to be able to allow that vulnerability within yourself. But yeah, where it shows up in the body is very, very specific. And that's what I love, Mm -hmm. you know, really working with people and the wisdom of their body. And what's interesting is that when somebody, especially people that have chronic illness, I'll ask them, you know, are you mad at your body? And more often than that, they say, yes totally get that because they've been dealing with something for so long. But I asked them, can you make friends with your body? Can you make friends with the illness? Because it's giving you information. What if you looked at it just as information and we took the judgment out of it? How are you loving me? How are you trying to help me by going to dysfunction? Because if we left it just up to emotional we may not really deal with it very much. It's kind of easy to sweep that under the rug or eat it away or whatever it is that we do, right? To distract ourselves from our feelings. When it starts to hit the physical body, then we got to start to pay attention. But it's all about perspective. How do we want to look at it? And I like to look at things in the most loving, positive ways possible because I think that's the truth. I love thinking about like focusing on the body because it does take the... I mean, for me, I'm an overthinker. So I'll say, 
or I tend to overthink. So I'll be like, okay, I'm stressed. Why could this be? What is going on? And I dig into it and dig into it and dig (laughs) into it. But if it's just focusing on the body, then it takes all of that out. It's like just focusing on, you know, maybe a heart palpitation, just breathe through it and just notice it and, and don't worry about why it's happening. And then it just releases. So I feel like it takes a lot of the almost like the stress of figuring out why out of it when you yes. can just focus on the body. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, do you guys want to do a little exercise with me right now? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to have you guys close your eyes. And I want you to think about something that's really stressing you out right now. And just allow yourself to just really bring it in and feel it. Okay. And if you can let me know where in your body are you feeling it? And what does it feel like? For me, it feels like a pressure in my chest. And yeah, like just a pressure, like almost like a constraint feeling. Okay. Okay. Chest. And for me, I feel it like a weight on my chest. And then I also feel a little bit of like a nausea feeling in my throat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Now I'm going to have you guys go back into your body. And this time I want you to drop out of your head and drop down into your heart. And just imagine that there's a beautiful emerald green light that's surrounding your heart. And that light is just starting to unwind and release that tightness and that tension that you feel. And just start to take some deep breaths and allow yourself to really, really feel what that feels like. And now I want to know what happened to that stress. What are you feeling now? I think for me, it just completely, my awareness completely shifted to the heart area. And I didn't notice the stress at all. Yeah. I just was focused on that one area. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, for me, I would say that my awareness completely shifted. I wasn't thinking about it. But then when I went back to my awareness of it, it I still felt it, but it felt much more kind of like it had dissipated. Like it wasn't like this very heavy feeling in one place, but it kind of just was like a little fuzzier, lighter kind of feeling. Like I almost felt like it spread and was like, kind of going out. So that's, that's how I felt. Great. That's wonderful. Yes. And so when you ask me, what can some of your listeners do to help themselves? That's a beautiful thing. You know, imagine what our lives would look like if we came from our hearts, if we took the time to drop down into hearts and we made decisions from our hearts, what our relationship would look like you know, especially when we notice that we're feeling stressed, just take that moment, stop and just go, okay, I'm just going to drop down here. Now, what would I say? Mm -hmm. As opposed to coming from here? And what would I say? You know, it's a very, it's a very Mm -hmm. different thing. And it, it is important for us to do that because kindness can make all the difference in the world within ourselves for other people. And I think that's just what we need to be doing right now to help ourselves and to help each other. You know, it, yeah. it can shift. I mean, if you think about, did you see that commercial where somebody does something nice and then, then they do something nice and then they do, it really does have that kind of like long reaching, right? Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's quite beautiful. 
And then one thing I forgot earlier when we were talking about the representation with a woman, there's a YouTube video called Women Are Coming that I highly recommend. I was shocked to see the amount of women in power worldwide right now. It is shifting. It is happening. And that is very positive mm-hmm. and encouraging. I mean, I was sobbing when mm-hmm. I was watching it. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I highly recommend that. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you've seen in your practice when we specifically think about women and women dealing with the different challenges of working and managing it all? Right now, it's something that Catherine and I have been really interested in digging into and and learning more about, especially with everything going on in the world right now. Yes, absolutely. I would say the way that that manifests in the body is with bloat and gas. And I've been seeing so much of that because if you think about when we have gas and our body bloats out, what is actually happening to our bodies? They're distending out, right? So what's happening is we're creating a barrier between us and the outside world or between us and another person. And it may on the surface seem like, okay, I'm protecting myself. But what we're effectively doing is creating a prison that we're stuck in and we're suffering in. And that's one of the biggest ways that I am seeing that. That's the challenge is how do we live in this world and feel like we are protected, right? From these things that feel unsafe or scary to us but not take it on, mm-hmm. you know, into our bodies. And it's really about having some very conscious, meaningful, healthy boundaries. It's for us to be able to ask ourselves, if somebody asks us to do something, you know, stop and say, do I have that available to give? Because a lot of times we just give, right? Either because we think we need to, or we feel obligated, or that's where we validate our work. But it is important for us to say, do I have this? Because if we don't, we're giving at our cost. And if that continues and continues and continues, could you imagine that's just going to like be a real problem for somebody uh, over time? And then resentment happens and anger resentments. I mean, anger happens. And so, you know, it kind of has that effect that just builds onto itself. But that's one of the biggest ways I think that we can help ourselves is by holding very strong boundaries and learning to say, no, I'm not available for that right now. And without apologizing for it, you know, perhaps there's another way that you can resolve that, or I trust that you'll find a way to resolve that. And then that's it. Because, you know, so much of the stuff that we take on really doesn't even belong to us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then yeah. we just take it on and it, it has its effect. Yeah, we don't realize Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's on us. So we're not responsible for anybody else, but we are responsible for ourselves. We're not victims. We are 100% responsible for what we say yes to, what we allow, and to do it with self, you know, self-compassion. That's really where we start to heal. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting thinking about the bloating energetically kind of representing us putting a barrier between ourselves and the world. I hadn't thought about that. Are there other manifestations of different ailments or disease that show up like that? Oh yeah. Maybe not the bloating, but yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So typically, and that's not to say, you know, with every single person, but generally speaking, liver tends to hold anger. And so it's one of the reasons I think people tend to 
even if they don't realize that they're holding internal anger, they tend to drink because what the alcohol will do is it, it'll suppress that anger and it'll just help them to feel more comfortable, right? But there's only so much the body's going to be able to suppress. And our body is amazing. It can take so much until it just can't anymore. And that's where we end up getting the disease and the dysfunction, right? Or sometimes, you know, we have gallbladder issues that tends to be our resentment. You get those gallstones, that really hard stones, right? But if you think about what, what happens with resentment, I mean, that's just like this. That's another manifestation of the body. Pancreas can really show up in a way that, so one of the things I do also is I, I like to read the body and see where the body is lighting up. And a lot I am seeing pancreas is lighting up for two reasons, actually three. Pancreas tends to be around self-worth. Pancreas also about joy or the lack thereof. So, you know, I mean, many of us during quarantine were eating a lot of things that we weren't normally eating. And a lot of them were sugar and carb based. Well, when that happens, the pancreas is like, oh, okay, well, I got to, you know, start releasing some of this insulin to try and balance the blood sugar. And, you know, again, it's going to do as much as it can until it just can't anymore. So it's very important. You know, we all know, I think that sugar is probably not the healthiest to eat. But if we're looking for that sweetness in our life, if we're looking for that comfort, you know, where can we find that in ways that's not going to actually damage ourselves or hurt our bodies? Mm-hmm. I remember you mentioned in earlier on in the conversation about the groin and that being associated with something because I had a groin injury recently, like due to exercise. But what is that associated with? That's interesting. It, it could mean a couple of different things. So when I was discussing that, yeah. that had to do with the lymph nodes in the groin area. If there's a lot of congestion and inflammation in there, that could mean that there's not enough sexual energy that's moving. But it also has to do with, right, our legs and our feet. What do they do? They move us forward. So sometimes when we have injuries or issues with the bottom half of our body, we can ask ourselves, you know, do we have any fear about stepping into our future? You know, is that an issue for me? Am I worried about that? Do I have anxiety about that? And I think a lot of people have felt that because there's so many things that are changing right now that are unprecedented that they have no control over. And listen, people love to try to control things. It's one of the reasons why we worry because it's not like the worry is going to change anything. It just makes us feel like we're controlling something. So that would be something that I would definitely look at, you know, those two things, sexuality, and do I have any anxiety or fear about moving into the future? Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely have some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing? It's so cool yeah. how the body just talks to mm-hmm. us, you know? And we all have this ability to be able to go in and talk to our body and ask, what are you trying to tell me? You know, and it loves us. Yeah. It'll, it'll tell you. One of the questions that we always ask our guests, because this podcast is called This Life Explains It All, we always ask, what life experience has been your greatest teacher? Oh, by far, my child abuse. By far. I have a very unique perspective on that. I am very, very grateful for the experience because if I didn't have it, I couldn't work with people the way that I do. If I hadn't healed that all the way through, I wouldn't be able to show up and say, hey, you know, this works, right? And for people to be able to trust that. And when you experience abuse as a child, there are trust issues that are really deep. 
and really intense. And that is probably the biggest thing. I mean, and it went across the board for me in terms of emotionally, mentally, spiritually. You know, there was a time where I really turned my back on my spiritual practice and beliefs because I was thinking, well, okay, fine, but where were you? Why did I have to get hurt that way? But I couldn't see the bigger picture for my life and what I was meant to do on the planet and what my soul's journey and mission was about. Now I know. And so I can honor that part. But I also believe that we have soul contracts with people and each other. And we agreed to certain things, you know, before we came. So why would I ask for somebody to behave in a certain way to help my soul grow so I can help other people grow and then be angry at them for all of my life? That serves no purpose for anybody. Instead, I can be grateful for the experience and to the person because their soul then has to carry that guilt and that shame. And that's not an easy path to take in life. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. It's such a beautiful reminder for anyone who Mm -hmm. is going through something right now to kind of think about the long view of how it may play into what you are meant to do here or who you are meant Mm -hmm. to connect with. It's one of the reasons I share that because, you know, when I was a kid, there's no way I would have known that, but I didn't understand what my soul was asking for, the life that it wanted why I was actually here. I wouldn't have known that as a child. And I wouldn't have known that unless I was able to heal those little parts of myself so they could talk to me about where they're hurting and what they need and how I can help. Mm -hmm. And it's also just such a good reminder that sometimes you can't see the, you know, what is in store for you, but there is a lot happening in the background and you will eventually be able to see just, you know, by doing the healing work and all of this work. But, you know, I think sometimes like I get frustrated because I can't see what the purpose is or what the solution is, but it's, so it's a really nice reminder that you will eventually see. Yes. If you stay in your heart and if you trust, that's the key, trust. Mm -hmm. Because when you're going through it, sometimes it feels like hell and it's hard to trust, but stay in your heart, stay in your love, and trust. Well, if someone wants to learn more about you or work with you, what is the best way for them to do that? You know, I would say they could go to my two websites, iasukalonics.com or metaphysicalcleanse.com. Both my contact information is there. And I, I purposely wrote a lot of information on there so people can, you know, maybe they're not ready for a colonic, but they want to get this information. So that's all there for them. Uh, the free ebook is on the metaphysicalcleanse.com at the very top of the page. If they want to just put in their email, then they can download it. And I also do offer metaphysical phone sessions and some energy work that way for people that maybe aren't local. All right. And we will link all of that in the show notes so that it's easy to find. Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Sure. Thank you so much for this. This was a great conversation. Went by so fast. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much, Stephanie. This was great. I love this conversation. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. And thank both of you for what you're doing with this podcast. It's beautiful. And, you know, people really need it. And I, I so honor that in you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.